Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 117 of the Empowering Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Matthews, normally joined by my co-host, Bethany Womack. I do want to just tell you that she is going through a hard time, and if y'all are listening and you know Bethany, just reach out to her and and just send her some encouragement. So I really miss her on the podcast, but I know she would want me to continue, so I'm going to do that. And I really am thankful that you choose us every week, show up and listen to us, do us a favor and leave us a rating, uh, review, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, so that we show up in the podcast platforms for others listeners. Every week, we are going to cover social media, preview the news and the Empowering Pumps and Equipment newsletter, and then connect you with an industry influencer. One of my favorite things is social media. And so let's just go right into that. So we like to start with Manufacturers Monday. And so if you haven't been to... Twitter or just go to Twitter. That's the best place and use the hashtag manufacturing Monday. We like to feature one of our partners. And so this week it's Curflow. Curflow was founded in 2015 in Houston, Texas as part of Curry Supply Group. Curflow's mission from the beginning was to provide the highest quality aftermarket pumps and components to industrial chemical oil and gas markets. And I just love that they are in Texas. They are also a sponsor for our Epic event. So the Empowering Pumps and Industry Conference coming up in November. And they offer a wide range of pumps. So uh, ANSI B73.1 pumps, the components, blender discharge pumps, self-priming pumps, trash pumps, uh, internal gear pumps. And they are doing all that from Deer Park, Texas, uh, in this 32,000 square foot manufacturing facility. And they have been delivering these pumps and becoming a leader in the aftermarket pump segment and maintaining this high quality product. So I'm excited to you know learn about them. I will offer you the link in the show notes so that you can go learn about them as well. And I'm just really excited about getting to see them participate in Epic. So thank you, Curflow, for being a wonderful partner. And I can't wait to hear from you. Okay, so a couple of updates that I want to share with you about our virtual meetups. Our Empowering Women's Group has a meetup Wednesday, May the 11th. That's every second Wednesday at 11 Central Time. And we also have several other things we're doing for Empowering Women. We have the book club on May the 24th, and we also have our mentoring circles. This will be May the 9th, and I know those weren't in order there, but I'll put all this in the show notes so you can look. But just know that you can go to our website and look under virtual events and see what we have coming up. For Empowering Pumps, we do have our virtual meetup coming up May the 17th. That is every third Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central Time. And then if you can't make any of that, you can also join our Slack group uh, that we just launched. I'm really excited about that and seeing the community members join. And so I'll include that link in the show notes so that you can join and just message us, um, ask us questions, connect with other people in the industry there. For our virtual events, you do have to pre-register. So go ahead and do that. You just click on the show notes, 
click on that link, or you can go directly to the website. But make sure that you're ready to turn on your camera, introduce yourself, let us know what your challenges are or your celebrations. We love all of that. You can also do that by giving us a shout out at Empowering Pumps or using that hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast. We would love to hear from you. And then lastly, I want to give a shout out to the Fluid Ceiling Association and Rod Persard, for one. Um, he is an avid listener on the podcast. And thank you, Ron, for what you're doing. And so the Fluid Ceiling Association is bringing their virtual spring meeting it's going to be May the 10th through the 12th. The program will include division meetings, you know, the government affairs session, a business meeting, and then this article writing workshop that I know is being led by Ron Versard. And I'm just really excited for that because I know that that is a challenge in the industry and getting enough technical writing. And so I'm happy to see that you are building that for the FSA and making sure that your engineers are equipped so that they can do the writing, which I think will tie in really great with our industry interview today. But that the Flu Ceiling Association is committed to its members and it has always been, you know, a way to engage with the industry, have meaningful discussions about the issues that the industry is facing. And if I, I know I've talked about it before on here, but I just loved my time at the Fluid Ceiling Association as a young professional. And, you know, I, I enjoy all that they have to offer even today. So take a look at them. We'll include the link in the show notes. And at this time, we will get into the news. Take me a minute on that one. Okay. So I wanted to talk about amusement parks and Amusement parks need gear motors too. This is brought to you by Ultra Industrial Motion. And so they have a case study here about a popular amusement park in Virginia that has this one ride and it needed to replace its drives. So the flat bottom boat, if you can if you can think about this, I've ridden in one lately. So one of those flat bottom boats that has, you know, dramatic scenes as you go through um, this long, shallow canal of water. And at the very end, it takes this 50 foot plunge into this lagoon. Okay. So big splashes, water everywhere. And so this needed to have gear motors, right? And they are, I don't know, 30 submerged gear motors rotating these rubber wheels that needed to be protected, I guess, uh, at the same time, because it has all these sensors and monitors in there. And so I just think it's really great that you can think about gear motors and amusement parks because that's what I do every time I go to one. I see these amusement parks and I can see, you know, the pumps and the piping and the motors. And I have actually looked and saw those tires on these boats. So check this story out. I want you to read it. It would be better that way because uh, they've done such a good job of telling you about that and the solutions that they offer to this amusement park. So if you're out there listening or if you're about to travel and do something fun during the summer, take a look at that ride and see if you can see the mechanical side of that. The next story I wanted to share with you is from FlowServe. They are innovating, of course, but they are keeping innovation for these electro systems cool and flowing. So it's, I guess you call it electrolysis systems, and they they have to be cooled, right? And they have to keep them flowing. So expanding renewable power sources is something that you know industrial companies are looking to achieve so that they can be more sustainable. And this is really important to secure our energy in the future. 
And so one thing that we are doing is looking for companies to share and, you know, how we can minimize, you know, the environmental impact on creating energy. So they are doing that as well as they're a leader in pumps. And so they have these superior pumps for hydrogen applications and they are, you know, transitioning here or just educating us that they are available to be reliable, leak-free in circulation and cooling systems. So take a look at this article and get to know how, you know, maybe you can use these pumps in the way to reduce your environmental impact. And so I'm excited to have partners like FlowServe that can share this information with you. And so we'll include that link in the show notes. And now we'll get to the industry interview. I'm really excited to bring you Dr. Alexa Chilcutt. She is an alumna from the University of Alabama, so roll tide. This is where she earned her master's and also her PhD in communication and information science. And she currently serves as a leader at John Hopkins Carey Business School on the Executive Education Business Communication Certificate Program. We'll get into that. Lots of cool things to know. I stumbled upon her uh, with one of her teammates who they wrote Engineered to Speak. And so after and I won't tell you the whole story, but basically interviewing a lot of engineers, they put together this book. And so I really will just want you to hear from her and all of the great things that she's doing today, as well as give you that resource. So without further delay, here's your interview. Hey, and welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. I am really excited to get to know you. Uh, I have... I guess, through acquaintances, through the University of Alabama and all your work there. Um, But just today, we're going to talk just me and you and and see if we can introduce you and your work uh, to the audience. So I guess I'll just start by letting you lead here and tell us what's your story. Okay. Uh, I'm Alexa Chilcutt. I honestly, I didn't finish a, a higher kind of degree until I was later in life. So I had a kind of a career in advertising and public relations as a development director for years. I love the applied things, had children, went back to school, got a master's and then a PhD, and then worked at the university level for um, 11 years at the University of Alabama as a director of the public speaking program and an associate faculty member for the communication studies program. But all along the way, my passion has always been continued development, professional education, executive education. And so that's really where now I've shifted my career. That's right. She's she's no longer in Alabama. Uh, we miss her. But tell, tell us what you're doing now. Right. So a couple of years ago, I started working for Johns Hopkins Carey Business School for their executive education program and creating a business communication curriculum for executive. So it's open enrollment professionals who know that they need to elevate their career, their skills, and they're really kind of investing in that area, which we know that communication touches everything that we do, right? Whether it's oral communication, interpersonal, public speaking, presentations, or how we write to communicate and connect with others. Okay. And, and so it's not just for students. Anybody can register for this. And that's Do they have to have a certain background to join the program? No, it is. This is, it's through their business school. Okay. But it is an open enrollment for the most part 
professionals. So it's, it's people who are out in the industry. It's not undergraduates or graduate students, but it's industry experts, industry professionals that are just kind of in, investing in the professional development. That's wonderful. So, yeah, we work, I work with professionals and then on these kind of short courses. And then also they do corporate custom engagements. And so a lot of times I'll develop a program for a corporation specifically for, let's say, a leadership initiative for a group or just a, a team that needs some development. Okay. Well, I didn't prep you for this question, but you made me think about it uh, with all yeah. the leadership work that I've been doing. What does leadership mean to you? Mm, to me, leadership means having a vision, right? Like mm. you, you're never going to get somewhere if you don't know where you're going. Yeah. So it's really about creating a vision, building a vision having buy-in, generating a team that wants, I led a team at the University of Alabama and my whole thing was, I don't ever want people to think that they're working for me, mm -hmm. but with me. What is the larger goal that we're all trying to accomplish? And the success of a leader is how do you empower people? So how are you providing them with the resources, with the knowledge, with the skill, with a feedback loop for you? And how are you open to communication, which creates an open environment for team members? And so I think leadership is mostly about vision, communication, and empowering people. I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, and you empowered your people. Uh, we actually had one of your teammates on here mm -hmm. and talked about engineered to speak. And so I do oh, want to yeah. talk about that and your work that you did. And I just think it's such it's valuable because I see it every day in what we do when we're trying to, you know, get technical information out into the market that mm -hmm. everybody can understand, um, not get too much in the weeds, but just enough. And so this engineer to speak is, you know, you've done a lot of research. You've talked to a lot of engineers and I'd just like to hear your perspective and kind of what you, you know, why did you do the project and what'd you learn from it? It was a project that had kind of grown from other things. Uh, there at the University of Alabama, not only did I work within the communication uh, department, but several years ago, I had been asked if I would be an instructor for a summer program called Research Experience for Undergraduates through the engineering school. And I said, yes, you know, I'll do that. Why not? And it was a great learning experience for me because Yes, I had taught public speaking and worked with professionals and all of that. It was a very different thing to work with engineering students, aeronautical and mechanical engineering students who the whole summer long were like, why are we having to learn about communication and presentation skills? How is this going to help me? Yes. And doing that for about six or seven years really made me have to shift how to approach that topic with technical professionals. And so doing that, um, led to the offer of writing a book for Wiley Press for professionals. Mm -hmm. So I think it was that experience plus having worked with continuing education, mm -hmm. continuing studies there at the University of Alabama, that that the editor from that professional series kind of reached out and said, you know, would would you all create this professional guide? So it's it's the background experience that you never know where those things are going to lead. 
and then something comes out of it. Well, I think it's amazing because, you know, there's something about them, just engineers in general, when you meet them, you're like, mm. they're so smart. Are they, they're so much smarter than I am. Does that mean that we can't communicate? Mm. And so if you have any kind of little bias like that, um, or, you know, mindset like that, it's going to be a, tr- you know, a struggle for you. And, and so I've dealt with that and kind of overcoming that myself. It's like, they look like it's a deer in the headlights when I'm talking to them, but they're just processing and trying mm-hmm. to understand really for my case, it was social yeah. media and trying to educate them why this is important, you know, for you to learn and post. So I love that. And, you know, I also like that you took that experience and made it into a resource for people of what you learned and how to better, because same for me. I had to, you know, I mean, first of all, know that I was the subject matter expert on the social media in this case. So, you know, your confidence in that area mm. and all, but also to figure out, okay, how do you communicate in like a, this linear form for people that understand that way? And so, mm, cause yes. it's not just engineers that need that. And so you're able to right. just work with all kinds of people when you dive into those leadership skills and, and different ways to lead, which I mm-hmm. am, fascinated with, by the way, which sounds like you are too, and what you're building. Tell me one thing that we can do uh, that you learned to help engineers or professionals be better leaders. Mm, Be better leaders. You know, first of all, self-awareness. Self-awareness is the key. You were talking about technical professionals, anyone that is a technical professional in any in any regard, right? You have so many people who are in leadership positions, but if we think about it, no, how many people go to leadership school? I mean, so they don't. They're brilliant. We see this at a university level. People are brilliant faculty members in pick a field, and then somehow they get put up in a leadership yes. position. They don't have those skills. Those skills are not transferable. So when we look at any type of technical professional, but really, Yeah. Any kind of professional who's been great at a thing and then they're put into a leadership position. I think the first thing is really for them to be able to step back and take a good look at what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What are their communication strengths? How self-aware are they? How aware are they of how other people perceive them? What people need from them? How they're communicating? And I'm not sure that we give people that time, that moment, that opportunity to have that self-reflection as they're moving into a leadership position or if they're thinking about improving their leadership. Yeah, we, we've been talking a lot about leadership, kind of this old style leadership. We're calling it leadership uh, 1.0 leaders. And then, mm. you know, we're trying to shift into this leadership 2.0 where you do take into account that these, this is a person um, mm-hmm. and all of the, the depth of that, that you need to understand this person and what they really contribute, like their strengths and what they want out of a career or mm-hmm. just life in general, right? Like spending the time to understand that. And then what generation they're from, what it really, each person has a different reason why they show up to work. Mm-hmm. And we really need to understand that to become 
better leaders for our employees, but then just to grow, grow as a leader yourself, you have to understand, okay, they're not going to all, you know, whoever you're talking to is not going to understand and, and be on, um, what's the, what am I trying to say? The, their perspective is not yours. Right. right and right. so you have to see, okay, okay. You might be telling somebody your perspective, but on the other side, what are they thinking? Mm-hmm, you know, what mm-hmm. is their background and adjust and maybe make room for feedback or I don't know what, what is, what are you seeing now as I guess this, there's so many generations what coming, you know, trying to work together, but this mm-hmm. the newer generation. We'll say um, Gen Z because I I haven't really talked a lot about that. Are you are you seeing or work with those? Are you really working with more of the Gen X group? I am working with more of the Gen X now. Moving mm-hmm. from the university, that was definitely the the younger people that I'm, you know, was leading. But are they having a challenge? So the Gen Xers in this kind of enter these young people entering the workforce. Is that a challenge or are they the bridge makers to say the, the baby boomers? I'm just curious from your yeah, perspective. You know, and you hate to stereotype any group of, you know, age group, generation, et cetera. You wonder at any level how self-aware people are. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they've had those opportunities, Definitely the younger generation moving into, I'm not sure how much overall work experience people have had, mm-hmm. um, especially over the last couple of years with not being in physical spaces with people. And so I think that is definitely going to be a shift of mm-hmm. the those people moving into the younger people moving into the workforce, lacking a, a good bit of sociability and self awareness, regu- that emotional, like in a meeting room, right? Like yeah, how I mean, do you even like, talk to people in a meeting room uh, and, situation? And any of it. I mean, but the interaction, but I do typically work with the people my age, right? Older, you know, <laughs> whatever that is, Gen Z, well, Gen X, whatever. Well, I'm a millennial. I'm the like first uh, or I'm the last, you know, from millennial to Gen X, right? Yeah. And it's just like, I'm because of my birthday's in February. I'm like, I'm still a mm-hmm. millennial, which mm-hmm. is funny. But I definitely, you know, I like when they, when you look at the stereotypes, I'm like, I'm a hard worker. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to take up for these mm-hmm. other millennials. Yes. Uh, but, you know, I think to your point, it's still about self-awareness. And like, if this is challenging for me, you know, am I going to approach this and try to get the information? So even with mm-hmm. the technical difficulties that kind of this older generation does have, we have to be patient with them to be able to make it work, to find mm-hmm. solutions. And I think we did a lot of that during the pandemic. And mm-hmm. thankfully, fast forward some of some of those challenges with digital so that we can grow. I think it's it's wonderful. Yeah, like I said, I love all of the leadership trainings. I'm I'm one of those who who has all the leadership books over here uh, that I study. But you know, for somebody who you know they're just going to going to work, right? And they mm-hmm. they're not striving to be a leader, but they want to do a good job at work. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you you know obtain from your research that makes them um, just better able to do their job that they're called to do as an engineer? Uh, what do they need to know? As an engineer specifically, mm-hmm. well, I mean. You studied a lot of engineers. Well, yeah. I mean, but this would apply to anyone. And I like that you brought up the idea of, you know, maybe somebody doesn't want to be in a leadership role. I think there's a definite calling for that. And and unfortunately, people get thrust into leadership roles as a next step that they feel like that's inevitable and 
but it's it's uncomfortable for them on a general kind of basis of how do we just continue to improve within our role, yeah. within our job. A great tool would be kind of employing a, a 360, right? A 360 mm-hmm. evaluation of yourself on your own, going to people that you work with across an organization, maybe someone who direct who reports to you, someone, a colleague, you know, and if you can be objective, I would just love feedback from mm-hmm. you. What do you think I'm doing? Well, I'm I'm in this place where I'm trying to just be the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. And what are things that you see that I do well? What are what are strengths? What are some areas that you believe I could improve in? Making that other individual, you know, feeling like you could get some honest feedback from them and telling them I really want some honest feedback. You know, I'm trying to learn and grow. Those are that that would be such a valuable tool because so many times we are in our own space, we're in our own head, we're doing our own thing. We don't really realize the impressions that we're giving to other people. And you really have the ability to change the impressions that people have. And that's just part of that awareness, right? Like I'm trying to look very deliberate in my work, but other people are seeing that as I'm taking too much time. Right. Just the nuance of how are people perceiving me? How, how do I adjust that? How do I work differently to to kind of make the best impressions? That could be. That's a really tool. good. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Because I think, you know, when we look at development uh, and I've, I know I've done this on my own team, you know, not everybody is striving to lead other people mm-hmm. and you'll they may be wanting to lead themselves and be better at their role. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's valuable, too. And that's what you want in your organization. So as we're talking, did you think of anything else that you wanted to leave our audience with from your perspective? Just that I think as as professionals, as people in the workforce at, at any level, at any age, you know, to really embrace the idea of we can always be learning. We can always be learning. And there are no perfect communicators. Yes, Adam and I wrote the book Engineered to Speak. And that's one of the things that we said. There are no perfect communicators. We're always just kind of trying to tweak, right, to polish those skills. And I think just kind of a rounding off is there's always room for improvement. And and how do you want to kind of embrace that to always change and grow? I love it. And yes, we will put the link to the book in the show notes so people can get that. And just... You know, I think it's you should read it um, just to understand, right? Especially if you're in, we're in a technical marketing world. So we have a a lot of engineers, operators, maintenance people that we send information to, but just Mm -hmm. to understand, you know, their perspective. And then I always love growing in my communications and abilities there. So we picked up a lot. Um, just in that department as well. So I will definitely let people know about that. And thank you for your time today. I just wanted to meet you for one and you okay. know, listen to Adam talk about working with you. And anytime I can say Roll Tide on the podcast, it you know <laughs> pings Bethany a little bit. So uh, that one's for her. So anyway, thank you again. And I appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you, Charlie. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, everybody. This brings us to the end of our show. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Do us a, you know, a favor. You leave us a rating and review. Five stars. We love. 
especially on this solo episode. I would love to see that. So thank you. But go ahead and reach out to us at Empowering Pumps or using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast. I do review that and I love to see people using that hashtag. Um, You can also email me podcast at empoweringpumps.com and we'll be back uh, next week with a new episode. And so until then, be empowering. Be empowering.